Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Somebody say, count the blessing. Count the blessing. So Jesus, before the triumphal entry, it's his last time that he is going to Jerusalem before the triumphal entry, and he is passing through Galilee and Samaria. He's going through this area. He's walking. And this is where we're at in Luke chapter 17. It says, as Jesus continued towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance. Now, if you know anything about lepers, they were, they were always in quarantine. They were always at a distance. They were socially distant. <laughs> Come on. And they were crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. As they went in obedience to what Jesus said, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. Come on, how many know it's good to come back to Jesus? He came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Didn't I heal 10 lepers? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner. Now, Samaritans were, were foreigners. They were, Samaritans were, were, were kind of Jewish, kind of half Jewish. But they were viewed by the, by the Jews as kind of dogs. They were, they were looked down upon. In fact, they used that language throughout the scripture. They would, would consider them dogs. But this one was the only one that returned. Has no one returned except to give glory to God, except for this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So 10 lepers, 10 lepers. Now, now lepers were, were literally the untouchable. I mean, this is like COVID, you know, 30 AD, 33 AD, Right? This is, they, they lived in communities. They were isolated. They were in quarantine. They lived in their own little group. You couldn't touch them. You had to distance yourself from them. And they were outcasts of society. However, sometimes a person with leprosy would get healed. But there was a, a law in Leviticus chapter 14 that says if a leper is to be healed he must go show himself to the priest and the priest does this like strange ritual with them and declares them healed once the priest declares them healed they can enter back into society so Jesus gives them the order that's under the law hey go go show you you're healed Jesus have mercy on us heal us you're healed, go show yourself to the priest. So 10 of them go, they show themselves to the priest. Then one comes back, just one. Just one-tenth of the people that Jesus healed came back. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be the 90%. 
I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, the Lord did something and I'm grateful, but it's good. Back to life. But these nine, that's what they did. Back to life. But the one, the one, for the one, this blessing counted. So he counted the blessing. And he goes back seeking Jesus. He bows before Jesus. And Jesus is like, get up. And then he makes a statement. Now understand something. Jesus, and we learned about this several weeks ago, Jesus is the new priesthood. Jesus represents the new priesthood. So they go to show themselves to the natural. Jesus heals the natural in all of them. However, one comes back to Jesus and Jesus heals the spiritual. Look at what he says. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Other words, before, yeah, your faith healed you then, but now your faith is healing you again. What is he talking about? A deeper healing. Not just of the natural, but of the spiritual. We'll get into that in just a moment. So Jesus, this is three things we learned. First of all, we learned this, that Jesus provides health and wholeness. He just provides it. By his stripes, you were healed. I mean, it is, it is fulfilled. Your healing is paid for. Not just your spiritual healing, also your physical healing. Also your emotional healing. Oh, Jesus doesn't heal everybody. He already did. He's not taking it back. It's already paid for. It's already provided. It might not have manifested yet, but it's already provided. So this is why we can have faith and go to the Lord because we know that he's already taken care of it. Just like your sins, he's already paid for them. You're already redeemed. You just got to go in and, and, and appropriate that to your life. So Jesus is, so, so we, we, we know this. Jesus is troubled by ungratefulness. He's troubled by it. Number two, Jesus provides health and wholeness. And number three, wholeness is connected to gratitude. And we don't, like, we don't like to talk about that, but we see that the only one that got this next level healing is the one that returned to Jesus. He was already healed physically, right? That's why he shows up. So why does Jesus tell him again? So he says, rise and go. Your faith is, in the NIV version, your faith has made you well. See, the others, it was just skin deep. The, the nine experienced a transaction. The one experienced a transformation. He didn't just get the transaction. He got transformed. Why? Because he came back to Jesus. So that word right there in the Greek is the word sozo. Everybody say sozo. There you go. Your Greek word of the week. Sozo. Sozo means this, complete wholeness in Jesus. Not just a physical condition, not just a transaction of Jesus did something for me on my, no, a transformation from the inside out. Sozo means this complete wholeness, spiritual, emotional, emotional, mental, and physical healing. Sozo, he got the full healing. Not just skin deep, the soul of this man was made whole. See, gratitude, what it does is it increases our faith. Gratitude increases our faith because we keep the one we trust before us. And this is what this man did. Did the others have faith? They had a level of faith. They received from that faith. But this man kept Jesus before him. He said, Lord, I'm, I'm coming back again. I, I think, Lord, that you have more for me than just that. 
So I'm coming with a grateful heart and I'm keeping you before me. Get this, the spirit of gratitude is the prerequisite to a healthy soul. Some of you think this, one day I will be grateful to the Lord whenever I receive breakthrough. And you're not grateful now. And the way that you're living is you're living like the 90%. You're living like the nine. And Jesus is calling you to live like the one with the spirit of gratitude. You, you might've heard, heard it said before, that it's, it's not happy people who are thankful, it's thankful people who are happy. And you have a lot to be thankful for. You might think, well, well pastor, you don't, you don't know my life. You don't know my story. You don't know all the loss that I've experienced. You don't know all the frustration I experienced. But I do know this. I know that Jesus died for you. I know that Jesus loves you deeply. I know that you are on his mind. That's something to be grateful for because I've done a lot of things in my life to make the Lord not love me. I've done a lot of things in my life to make the Lord frustrated and angry at me, but guess what? He still wants me. It's not that I've been wantable, <laughs> but he looked at me and he said, I want you, Josh. That's enough to be grateful. Jesus paid a price for me to be forgiven, for me to be healed. We won the jackpot. I mean, we, 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 we got the son of God. We've got the indwelling Holy Spirit. Come on, is there anything better than that? You already have the greatest thing accessible to you. The greatest thing is already within reach, the kingdom of God. So, so third John, verse Chapter one, verse two, it's only one chapter. Beloved, John the beloved, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It's the will of God that your soul is whole. Let me say that again. It is the will of God that your soul is whole. And some of you think, I'm just gonna have to live with this anxiety for the rest of my life. I'm just gonna have to live with this depression for the rest of my life. I'm just gonna have to deal with this fear. Whatever the issue is, I'm gonna deal with this burden for the rest of my life. It's just what the, the Lord hasn't healed me yet. Listen, it's his will for your, whole, your soul to be whole. It's the will of God right there. Now, let's talk about gratitude because this is the thing. Gratitude is what unlocks the healthy soul. So this is your brain on gratitude. Do a Google search, and you know I'm not real big on you doing Google searches all the time, but do a Google search on the benefits or the neuroscience of gratitude because your brain on gratitude lights up. And there's, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of studies that is that's been done on the supernatural power. They don't call it supernatural, but the supernatural power of gratitude. Just by the way that you think and reflect actually changes the, the physical makeup of the way that your brain works. This is well-documented, well-studied. So practicing gratitude makes people more motivated. It makes them happier, less stressed, less anxious. It reduces depression, reduces social comparison. It improves sleep makes us more resilient to trauma and stressful activities and actually will improve your physical health just by practicing gratitude. 
So you have in your brain, you have these things called neural pathways, right? You kind of have three brains. You have a rational brain. This is what makes you different than the animals. You're not an animal. I saw this thing. Just remind everybody, you're animals. You're not an animal. You're made in the image of God. He saved the best for last in his creation. You're not an animal. You're made in the image of God. So when God made you, he, he made the largest part of your brain a part of the brain that the animal kingdom doesn't have, it's your rational brain, really three brains. There's all kinds of crazy words that we could use and mispronounce for these. And then you have like your emotional brain. It's where you have the deep feels, right? Some of you live by that brain. You need to stop that. Emotions are awesome, but they're not good for guidance. We, lead, we need to lead our emotions, not let our emotions lead us. We live in a culture right now that, that lives by their emotional brain. And then you have another part of your brain, which is, which is your instinctive part of your brain. So, you know, you, when you got up and you walked this morning, you didn't have to think about it. Why? Because you developed an instinct. You developed an instinct. You weren't born with the ability to walk. You adopted this and it became an instinct. It started maybe emotionally, but it started in your rational brain and connected to your instinctual brain, and now you don't have to think about it anymore. Some of you have addictions. It's become an instinct. This is why it takes you like 21 days for you to break a bad habit, because you develop this pathway between your logical brain and your instinctive brain, and you've learned habits. All of us have habits, and so it's hard to unlearn. You must unlearn what you have learned, right? We've heard, I mean, Yoda taught us this. And if we're going to be Jedi masters, we've got to unlearn what we have learned. And we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Right? And so what you've got to do is you've got to think differently with your rational brain. This is why you read the word of God. The renewing of the mind. By the washing of the word, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you transformed? Remember, the one was transformed. How are you transformed? By the word. So you've got to change the way you think. So what happens is when we practice gratitude, this is why all, all the images and all the scans, they light up with people with gratitude. Why? Because what it does is it changes the way the neural pathways work in your brain. And it doesn't happen because you, you thank the Lord one day. You develop these patterns and it makes you healthy. You okay? So practicing gratitude actually rewires the neural pathways of your brain. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool that God made you in a way to where you could lead your soul? that your soul won't lead you? And did you know that the emotions are, are a reflection of the rest of the brain? But, it, but get this, the, your emotional part of your brain is, is small in comparison to the, it should be. <laughs> but literally it is. But emotion, you know, some of us need to grow that part of our brain. So change your thinking, change your stinking thinking. Repentance, change the way you think. Use your mind. And some will tell you the removal of your mind. No, that's not how you grow in this thing. It's, it's using your mind, using the mind. A redeemed mind, come on, you need a redeemed mind. All right, so these are some mindsets that hinder a grateful spirit. These are things that will get in the way of you. Are y'all okay today? 
We're just teaching. All right. First of all is entitlement, right? So we don't allow our kids to say that's not fair. That's not allowed in our house. That's not fair. You don't get to say that. Beloved, just take that out of your vocabulary. That ain't fair. Nope. None of that. See, you can, you can choose the grace of God, which empowers you to receive his promise or the privilege or what you deserve to, to, to receive from society or anybody else that wants to feel sorry for you. So what entitlement does is says, if people will have enough compassion on me, then I'll be able to receive from them, right? So entitlement says, I deserve what you have. I deserve what you worked for. That's entitlement. And we don't even come to God with that. We don't deserve the cross. We're grateful for the cross because we realize we don't deserve it. See, some of you think God owes you something. He, God doesn't owe you anything. He's already given you a whole lot. He's already given you breath. He's already given you Jesus. He doesn't have to do another thing to be worthy. And let me suggest this to you. What you are entitled to is so much less than what God has promised for you. So there's so much more in the promises of God than what you're entitled to. You don't deserve that much. You really don't. But God lavishes on you. God loves you. He adores you. So that's the first mindset. The second is victimhood. Victimhood. Why is everything so bad in my life? Why is life so difficult? Life is so hard. Listen, listen, buttercup. Grow up. Life is hard. It is difficult. So stop playing the victim. Stop being entitled. Well, it's because it's because the world I'm living in and it's just so hard and all the people are bad and the government's corrupt and the, the this and the that and all the society's just so broken. Yes, all those are the are those statements true? Absolutely, but you're not the victim to it. You're not the victim to that. Because you're more than conquerors, right? So, but we, if you are walking around with this mindset that everything that, you know, Murphy's Law is in full effect in my life, right? If it can't go, it's going to happen bad to me. It's over. Of course it went that way. I'm, everything bad that, and it keeps happening, doesn't it? Maybe you need to change your stinking thinking. You're not a victim. See, the difference between victims and the victorious is how their posture is in the battle. And so that's the difference. Because I know, listen, the, the, most, the most grateful, joy-filled people that I know in my life are the people that have faced the hardest battles. And it's not to say that people that live in this victimhood mindset don't face battles, because they do. The difference is that they're a victim to it. The others say, you know what, it happened, and I just had to rise up. And I know that we don't, I know that that's not PC to say in our culture, just, you know, pull up your bootstraps. I know that that gets a, like a negative thing, but let's just be real. You just have to, because life is hard. So take personal responsibility and go, I'm not a victim. I'm in charge of my life. I get to decide what goes in and what goes out. I get to decide, I can go out and I can make money. I can do it. And even if I don't feel like it, I know that I'm valued by God and he will empower me by the Holy Ghost and I can go out and do what God has called me to do. And I'm not going to let another person or another mindset or another system control that. I'm just going to do what I can do. I'm going to stay in my lane and control what only I can control. 
Entitlement, victimhood. And the third is this, just negativity. Just negativity. You guys have heard me say this. Complainers are drainers. Listen, what happens is when you become a complainer, you do it for a little while and you push all the encouragement, encouraging people away from you. Why don't we ever hang out anymore? Because every time we get around, you do nothing but suck life out of me. And I love, I, I would love to give you life, but, but, you're not, but you're not receiving the life that I'm giving. I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm sowing on hard ground. And some people say, well, I'm just, I'm just not optimistic. I'm, I'm pessimistic. I'm, a, I'm, 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 a, I'm realistic. We'll see. And says, how you want to live your life? I mean, we have in us Christ, the hope of glory. And you're going, I'm a realist. I'm a pessimist. It, it may, maybe you are, maybe that naturally that's the way that God made you. Maybe it is. But you're not called to live according to your nature. You're called to live according to his nature because you've got a new nature. See, negativity comes from those who have not nurtured an internal culture of gratefulness. Why are you so negative? Because you're not grateful. And you're not grateful because you're so negative. So stop complaining. Stop being negative. Stop moaning. Stop whining. Stop thinking it's everybody else's job or the country or your employer or your spouse to make you happy. Happiness is an inside job. We get to decide. We get to decide. And it doesn't mean you won't have bad days because you will. And you will have rough seasons because you will. And some days it will be a little bit harder to get up and be hopeful. But I'm telling you, there's always hope. There's always hope. So gratitude is this. Gratitude is the will of God. God wants your soul to be whole. And if your soul is going to be whole, you've got to have gratitude. So gratitude is the will of God. What's God's will for my life? To be grateful. That's something you don't have to pray about. First Thessalonians chapter five. Isn't it funny how we talk about the will of God? We ignore all the scriptures that talk about this is the will of God concerning you. And we go, oh, what God's, what's your will? It's like to follow the scriptures. Oh, let's start there. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. Always be joyful. Hold up. Oh, hold up. Can we just stop right there? Always? That's a really high standard, Always. right? For some of us, it's going to be hard for us with family this week for about six or eight hours to spend time with family to always be joyful. Right? It's true. But it's God's will. But you don't know what they did to me. It's God's will that you're always joyful. It's not just, it's not just God's will. God, God commands you to do it. Therefore, it is his will. Never stop praying. Never, no, never. Do not cease to pray. Be thankful. Oh, this is, this is like so hard. Be thankful in all circumstances. Now, what it doesn't say is this. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. I'm not thankful for... <laughs> all the negativity in the world, but I'm thankful in it. I'm thankful in the center of it. Thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 
So how many of you belong to Jesus? Gratitude is the will of God. Being grateful is the will of God. See, thankfulness is not just a command of you. It's a command for you. Everything, listen, everything that God commands of you is also for you. He's calling you to a higher level because there's, there's a, a level that he wants, to, he wants you to live blessed. And he wants you to count those blessings. Some think, well, I'll be thankful when the will of God happens. No, it's the will of God that you're thankful now. So counting blessings, how does that work? What does it look like? All right, Colossians chapter three, all right? Because we know that gratitude is linked to wholeness. So here we go, Colossians chapter three, verse 15. Let, everybody say let. I love that word because it's not like may, it's like let. It's, like a, it's already there, just let it flow. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. See, when you belong to Jesus, peace isn't something that you have to chase down. It's something you have to let flow. And some of you don't realize this, that the peace of God, if you belong, if you belong to Jesus, I'm not talking about you said a prayer. I'm not talking about you're raised in church. I'm talking about your life is not your own. You belong to him. If he is in you, then you can let peace out. You don't have to wait for a peaceful circumstance. That's why it bugs me when people go, they say this, they say, well, I just didn't feel a peace about it. So they use that as the indicator. So you're using your emotional brain to make decisions. Don't, don't, don't use peace. Do you think the disciples were, not, were, were, were feeling peace when they're about to be martyred? They weren't feeling peace, but it was the will of God. It was the will of God. I mean, Jesus prophesied it. And they considered it great joy. But I don't think that they felt good about it. Oh, we're suffering for the Lord. I just feel so. I would be like, let me pray about it. Do I want to suffer for the Lord? No, not really. <laughs> let me pray about it. You know, brother, I'm just not really feeling a peace about that. Listen, often to what God calls you to, it will, you, you won't feel like, oh, I just feel a peace about it. I know this is what the, can I tell you that, that, that most of the time I've got to let peace flow in those moments because it's like, ah, oh, this is going to be difficult. When God called me to uproot our family and to move and plant a church, we knew it was the will of God. We didn't really feel a peace about it. We, were, there was a, we felt a tension, but we had trusted the Lord. And we found peace that he's a good provider. So that was able to let the peace of Christ rule. All right, stop preaching, get back here. So since as members of one body, you were called to peace. So it's something that's already residing when we're called to it. And he says this, and be thankful. There it is again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. How many know that I'm not the only teacher? That your podcast isn't the only teacher? That you should be teaching one another? It doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed to be sermonizing everybody else, but you, you should be teaching one another, learning from one another, growing with one another. Come on, family, we follow Jesus together. So let the Christ, word of Christ dwell on you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Come on. How many when worship's going on, you're like, oh, I'm grateful for the Lord. You're experiencing peace during that moment. You're experiencing breakthrough. Why? Because you're, you're, you're following the, we don't like this word, formula. 
It is a formula. It's a relationship, but there, there are things in the relationship. You do this and this works. You praise God, the outcome is you experience peace. With gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever you do, a job that you dislike, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, to the Father, through him. So counting the blessings. How do we count the blessings? How do we develop a spirit of gratitude? Number one is you consider the blessings. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell. What does he say? What does the word say about you? Do you know the word? Do you have a relationship with what God said? The, the words that Christ spoke. Are they dwelling in you richly? Are you getting into the word until the word gets into you? What does he say? What does he say? And some of you don't have peace in your life just because you don't know what God is saying. You don't have the word of the Lord for it. Well, you've got, you've got a, a Bible full of scriptures. It's the word of the Lord for you. This is, some people are like, that's, that's my word. That's, all of them are yours. All of them are words for you. The ones that you like and the ones that you don't like. They're all a word for you. The word's not about you, but it is for you. Mm. Some people think it's about them. Consider the blessings. So check this out, Psalm 103. This is one. So what you do is you develop this posture the where you consider the blessings of God. You think about them. You ponder on them. So Psalms 103 through verse five, praise the Lord. Thanking him. Come on, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Just get in that posture. Lord, I thank you that you are magnificent and glorious and powerful. I praise you with all my soul. When you start getting into these moments of prayer, most times when I get into prayer, I'm like, I'm like, oh man, here we go. Can I make it 10 minutes? <laughs> and then I'm like 30 minutes in. I'm like, whoa, what happened? Because I'm just engaged. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. I mean, this is, this is what the Lord sets on you is love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, somebody. And so just, just get into that word and just say, Lord, I, I'm not experiencing peace today. So just crack open Psalm 103 right there and just go through. Lord, I praise you. I will not forgive. Forget your benefits. Lord, you forgive my sins. Lord, I know I blew it yesterday. But Lord, you've forgiven my sins as far as the yeast is from the breast. You are good and you are kind and you are merciful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you heal all my diseases. I thank you, Jesus, that you took stripes on your back. That you suffered that I could experience wholeness. That the punishment that brought me peace was upon you. I mean, just get into this. You cannot, listen, you cannot reflect on the cross and the works and the words of Jesus without a spirit of gratitude. Just get into it and start, start using things like this in the scriptures just to nurture that spirit that just says, Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful that you heal all my diseases. You, you redeem my life, Lord. I was heading that way. Lord, I remember when I was 16 years old and had no purpose, no destiny. 
and living my own life and doing my own thing and playing church and being a hypocrite. I think that 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 woman that was sitting, that young girl that was sitting in the back seat when we were cruising that drag, the drag that night called me out and said, you're different than you are at church. I'm grateful, Lord, that you you use this heathen woman to, to call me out on my sin, to show me that I was living a double life. I mean, I just thank God for those moments. He says you're forgiven. He says you're healed. He says you're redeemed. He says you're royalty. He says you're destined for good things. He says this is not the end. Reflect on the words of Christ. Consider the blessing. Number two, celebrate the blessing. Notice that starts off with praise, right? Praise. It always starts with praise. We start the service with praise, right? We start our prayers with praise. Our Father, Father, I got a dad. Holy is your name. It all starts with praise. Ephesians 1, this is the, this is the verse we've been going through in this series. All praise to God. All of it. All of it. <laughs> I'm not giving any to anybody else. All praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing because we belong to Jesus. I just, God, I just give you all the praise. You say, oh man, I, 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 don't wanna, I don't know how to pray. Pray the scriptures. So open up your Bible and pray the words there. One thing that I've learned to do, and definitely not batting a thousand, but one thing that I've learned to do is to find the melody in the moment. And so whenever, I'm, whenever things are tenuous or when I'm struggling, I'm just like, Lord, I'm not doing good right now. So I just exalt you. I bless you, King Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that you're kind. I thank you, Lord, that you are making, even though this is difficult, you're making me look more like Jesus. What am I doing? I'm finding the melody. And then what happens is I just, I'll just start singing. Listen, you don't have to sing good. <laughs> I don't really sing. Yeah, you do. I know you do. You just put that, put that song on that you listened to in high school. I guarantee you'll start singing. But some of you need to find the melody in the moment, in the moment when it's difficult, when it's hard, when it's stressful. Just find the melody in the moment. Lord, what is the melody here? What is the melody? What am I gonna sing? So these are some points that you can go on. First of all, you say, Lord, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for Jesus, all that you've done. Lord, I thank you that all my needs are are met according to your riches and glory. Lord, I thank you for your providence. I thank you that you are leading my life, Lord. You're not going to let me go astray. Let's just start singing it. Yeah, thank you. You're leading me. You're leading me. You're leading me. What are you doing? You're just finding the melody in the moment. Nobody's in the car. The band's not playing. So what, what's happening to the band? Why are they singing those songs and we don't have words for it? Because they found the melody of the moment. And sometimes you just need to search for the melody in the moment. Maybe it's about God's provision. Maybe it's about God's providence. Maybe it's about God's promise. Something that you're awaiting, Lord, I thank you. And just, just start singing the promise. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I am healed. Dun, dun, dun. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I am healed. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and then you, got a, you, got a mel- you found the melody in the moment. And the next thing you know, you're la- driving down the road laughing at yourself. The peace of God is transcending your understanding. What's happening? You're just finding the melody in the moment. So find the melody in the moment. 
Celebrate your blessings. And the third is this. So number one, consider the blessings. Number two, celebrate your blessings. And celebrate. Listen, you celebrated when the Cowboys won? I don't know why. I mean, finally you have a reason to celebrate. It's taken all these years. All these years, Lord. Come on, you celebrated when, you, when your child got that award at school. Why are you celebrating God? Man, when we come into this house on Sunday morning, it's getting good. But some of you just need to get in this house on Sunday morning. You say, I'm ready to celebrate my God. Here I am another week. It wasn't perfect, but here I am. And God's still on the throne. He's still worthy of praise. I'm going to give it to him. And it's not about me. It's about him. He's, listen, he is always worthy of praise. So you need, we were talking about this earlier. You need to learn to get your high praise on. That's what we used to call it. It's what, you know where you need to dance in a little bit and you're moving around. You're like, woo, Jesus. You're like that? Come on. That is, you need to get up in the high praise. The garment of praise, put it on. Number three is commit to an attitude of gratitude. See, gratitude is not an act. It's an attitude. It's not an act. It's not something you put on. Or it's not something that you do once. Or it's not something that you do once a year when you sit around for Thanksgiving. Or 30 days that you committed to. It's not an act. It's an attitude. Attitudes are formed by acts. So you got to do a whole lot of acts before you have an attitude. However, it's not about an act. It's about an attitude. That's what gratitude is. Gratitude's an attitude. Not a preach. Gratitude's an attitude. You just walk around saying that every day. When you don't feel peace, go, gratitude's an attitude. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm not a victim. I'm not at the mercy of people. I'm at the mercy of God, and he's a good God. Gratitude's an attitude. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do or whatever you say, that sounds like an attitude. And the way that you say it. Because I've seen people quote the scriptures and have all the gratitude's an attitude. It sure is. Say that in the mirror. Right? Do a little voice memo of that. Record yourself on video. I am saying it. I know. It's how you say it. It's the attitude. Whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You represent the Lord. Can I tell you, he's happy. He's a happy Lord. He's not like, oh, just the world's, you know, you see all these like memes or he's like sad. He's, he's not sad. That is not his general posture. He's happy. He's in a good mood. Yeah. He's always in a good mood. Doesn't mean that he doesn't straighten things up sometimes because he do. He sure do. But he's always good. That's our anthem. He's always good. He's always good. And so we live our lives focused on the goodness of God. Just because he's always good doesn't mean he's always liked. Some people don't think God's good because they don't like his goodness. He decides what's good. He's the definition of good. Not the world, not the struggles, not the pain, not, not the sorrow. No, he's the definition of good. So I live my life focused on the goodness of God. So his goodness governs my conversation and my choices. Gar governs the things I do, the things I say. It's an attitude. Gratitude's an attitude. So you got to develop that. It doesn't happen overnight. You've got to learn it. Some of us are a little bit more wired that way. 
just like some of us are more wired to rejoice always. Some people are like, why is everybody sad all the time? It's like, it's because you don't have any bills. That's why you don't know anything, right? You don't have any children. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have anything to rob you of your joy, right? I mean, that's kind of how we act. That's the way people act. Is it not true? That's the way people act. You've allowed life to, to drain you. So this is what I challenge you to do, and then we're going to take communion and be done. So we developed this thing while well, I was a youth pastor called Seven Days of Gratefulness. This is before it was all over social media to do, you know, 30 days or whatever. We just said, hey, we're, we're just going to do this just every day that you would ponder two questions. You would say, today I'm thankful that God is Abba. God is provider. God is provision. I'm grateful that God is savior, rescuer, whatever it is. And then think about that. And then you say, today I'm grateful for my phenomenal wife. <laughs> right? And thank you for my children. Thank you for my job. I don't always love it, but I'm grateful I have one because some people don't have one. More people aren't going to have some. We'll see this in coming months. But I'm grateful that I have one. I'm grateful that I have a home to live in. I'm thankful that I have a meal in front of me. I'm thankful I can go to Taco Bell after service and eat lunch for $3, whatever. Just think about those things. I can be grateful. Listen, I can be grateful for some Taco Bell. Let's just be real. I know y'all are, I know that disappoints you. Sorry. I know when I'm talking about Whataburger, you're like, come on. Yeah, I know. That is, okay. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah. That is, that's where it is. Fruit of heaven. So today I'm grateful that God is. I'm grateful for this in my life. And then write those things down. Maybe a note in your phone, maybe pen and paper. Just write it down and do this for seven days. I would encourage you to do it for the rest of your life. But this is the way that you develop it and commit to it. And the third is this, avoid grumbling, complaining, or whining. Now my brother is such a punk when he shows up on Thanksgiving. Uncle Harry shows up. He's so weird. He, cheer, he cheers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Uncle Harry. <laughs> Jerry Jones. <laughs> no, none of that. Avoid grumbling, complaining, and whining. And then what I want to, what I want to encourage you, and this is the bonus tip, and we have a graphic there in the app, and then we'll share it on social media so you can remember those things. But when you get together with your family, my dad does this thing when we get together for Thanksgiving. He's like, all right, let's go around the table. What are you grateful for? And it's always like, well, I'm going to say God first because I want to look spiritual. <laughs> Don't we do that? Come on, dig it. Yes, you absolutely are grateful for God. Dig deep. And you've been, you've, you've been going all week thinking about these things. And so whenever, you, whenever that opportunity comes on Thanksgiving Day, when you're getting with family, why don't you practice Thanksgiving? We're not talking about eating turkey. We're talking about giving thanks. Whoa. Here we are. Never thought about that before. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> I 
All right, we need to hurry. Y'all are laughing and it's making it long. <laughs> but, it, but it's fun. Okay. And share those things with your family. Hey, you know, I'm, you can do this if you want to feel this. I'm so grateful for my church, man. God's been pouring his spirit out. It's been so rich. God's been ministering to me deeply. Whatever it is. I, I'm so grateful for my kids. They love Jesus. They serve, they serve the Lord. Like just, and don't be afraid to get a little bit emotional, men. Set the standard of what gratitude looks like. And so just do that. If nobody, if nobody calls, calls it to attention, say, hey, can we do something a little bit different? I know we're usually fighting around Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> I just want to start off by saying I'm thankful for Uncle Harry. We get to see him. We get to see him once a year. It gives us something to talk about for the next 12 months, right? I know he likes his Steelers, but that's okay. We love him. So, all right, let's take communion together. So do that. Do that. So we, we, you should have some elements. I don't have elements. Can somebody give me some elements? Thank you so much, Elements. You stand up. I'm going to read this. So Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out through forgiveness of sins. He goes on to say, Do this in remembrance of me. So when we take communion, we're not being we're not, we're not uh, doing something strange. We're, this isn't turning into the blood of Christ and the, the body of Jesus when it hits your stomach. It's not strange. You're doing this as a reflection on the Lord. But this is what I'm believing today. I'm believing that as we take communion, because we are setting our attention on the Lord, just like that leper that day, that I think that healing is going to happen in your hearts. I believe that that sozo healing, healing of soul, healing of of drawing near to God is going to happen. I think some of you that have physical ailments, things that you wouldn't even ask for prayer for, you've just learned to live with that. I believe that some of those things can happen as we reflect upon the broken body and the blood that was poured out. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid. Lord, that we were far from you, but you chose Jesus to come and get us when we were distant from you, Lord. You said, I want them. I find joy in them. I find delight in them. I want them. Lord, we thank you for coming to this earth, becoming the bread of life. Lord, we thank you that your body, just hold that up, your bread today. We thank you that your body was broken for us, that by your stripes, we are healed. This is the the language that scripture uses, the word are. And then it says, We were healed, past tense. We thank you, Lord, that we are healed. Wholeness, sozo healing in our bodies. Lord, we declare today as we reflect on your broken body that you heal souls in this room in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your blood that was poured out for us, that was shed for the remission of sins.
Lord, we thank you. that you deal, you dealt with the struggle, the sin in our life that day. We thank you for the blood of your new covenant, the new relationship we have with you because of the blood that you shed. In Jesus' name.